Well, good morning and welcome to the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Today's podcast is proudly sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration, empowering female fitness business professionals through support, service and education. And today I'm speaking to Joanne Matthews, CEO and founder of 10 Health and Fitness. Joanne Matthews is one of a handful of entrepreneurs responsible for pioneering the London boutique fitness sector. Introduced to the Pilates reformer whilst recovering from a car accident, Joanne founded 10 Health and Fitness in 2007 from a basement studio in Notting Hill and a staff of four. Joanne has grown 10 into one of the best respected brands in the sector with nine studios across London and a team of over 160 people. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Mal. How are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. And thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's really exciting. It's my first podcast. Oh, wow. Congratulations then. Super excited. Awesome. So, you know what? A great place to start your first podcast would be to tell us a little bit about you, your business, and your role. Uh, so, a little bit about me. So, um, I actually started my career in marketing and PR, um, doing large event management, working with big brands like Gillette, Braun, and over here, Tesco's, um, doing all their marketing, and then eventually going into brand consultancy before I started. Uh, 10 Health and Fitness. I live in Clerkenwell um, and I actually have a Bill Granger at the end of my road. So for Australian fans of his food, he's one of my locals. Um, and I am the, as you said, the CEO and founder of 10. Um, and pretty much that consumes an awful lot of my time. Um, I enjoy working in the wellness and the fitness sector because in fact, wellness and fitness are the two of the fastest growing sectors in the UK at the moment. So I really believe we have um, a chance to make a real difference. And for me personally, you know, being used to uh, selling furniture and fashion, it's a really nice change to do something that actually has uh, a significant impact on people's lives. Um, in terms of 10 itself, we very much position to bridge the gap between the medical and the generic fitness sector. And we are known here in the UK for being pioneers of the dynamic reform Pilates and we deliver what we call up joined up um, care through our circle of care approach. So, Joanne, tell me something. What inspired you to open up 10 Health and Fitness? Because boutique studios, as you know at the moment, are absolutely booming, especially in the UK. So back in 2007, what inspired you to do that? Well, I think you um, alluded to it in, in your introduction. Um, basically, 10 was started with what uh, has become known, become known as a happy accident. It didn't really feel like it at the time, but <laughs> back in 2005, a young lady decided to ignore the red light, the no U-turn, and the no right turn sign, sign and actually smashed a car um, into the side of my car. So as a result of that, I suffered a number of injuries. Um, I had severe whiplash, a fractured coccyx, rotated pelvis, and loads and loads of soft tissue damage. And though none of the injuries were serious from a medical point of view, 
the impact on my quality of life um, was was significant. It was huge. Um, I was in a lot of pain most of the time, and I lost my mobility and was unable to work for over six months. And it was during this process of actually finding uh, my route to recovery that the idea of 10 was born because I was carrying my, literally carrying my x-rays around to a consultant, a GP, a, my physio, my rehab specialist. Um, and I just became hugely frustrated because nobody was speaking to each other. Um, I happened upon a rehab, uh, actually an Australian guy, a rehab specialist who was working in my local gym, and he just trained in L.A. in the Sebastian Degree uh, way, so on the dynamic reformer. And I was introduced to the reformer, and I saw it as an amazing piece of kit, not only for rehab or prehab, but for you know fun and functional exercise. Um, and so I suppose during that whole process, it was pretty much a year of, of, of kind of looking at the market. Uh, yoga was kind of more out in the marketplace, but nobody was doing Pilates. It was, it was just not very common at all. Um, people were really kind of getting turned off by the big box gyms at that stage. Uh, they're a bit cynical about it, paying their membership, but not going. So there's a real shift in people's desire to do something more personal, uh, smaller classes. Um, they wanted to be able to choose what they, where they were spending money and when they spent their money. And I suppose it was just kind of joining the dots um, and saying, okay, well, we can deliver a, a fun format, a new format, something that pioneers an, a new sector. Um, and that was basically how 10 was born. Uh, it's incredible reading your, your bio. I mean, 10 also includes um, in-house physiotherapy, sports massage, uh, along with TRX, yoga, stretch and bar classes. I mean, this is incredible to have all of this in one boutique. Do you think that that's what makes you stand out amongst the other boutique fitness operators? I think because my original vision for 10 was to have end-to-end -end care, and I very clearly wanted to sit between the medical sector and the generic fitness sector. Um, we, the plan was always to have uh, be a multi-provider of services. So we, we have um, classes that are always 10 people or less. So our classes are dynamic report parties, um, TRX, bar, some yoga. But we also have a, a PT that I'm offering as well. Our so our personal trainers, our physios, um, and also we have exercise physiologists, so people who work with people that have had um, chronic, in um, chronic illnesses or life-changing illnesses. So we have a team that work with people with cancer, diabetes, menopause, um, and people with heart conditions. So we really clearly wanted to differentiate ourselves by bridging this gap. And I think that's what does make us very different because we have very much one foot in fitness and boutique fitness but very clearly another foot in wellness and the kind of the medical side of it and I think most people traditionally think boutique fitness is you do spin so you think of maybe um, f45 are doing super well over here so f45 uh, for hit or uh, soul cycle have just landed in London and you know we, everybody knows them um, so, so I think we, we very clearly wanted to deliver more than one thing, but in a very kind of measured way. 
What I like about um, your business is that you have uh, in-house training and it's not often that you see that within the boutique structure. Now, is it right that you are one of the first in the sector to offer in-house accredited training? Yeah, so we, um, because I came from a marketing and PR background, um, I just assumed everybody had training. And what I very quickly established was the lack of um, investment that was, that was put into trainers and that the majority of the workforce was freelance. And I felt that didn't basically deliver, enable us to deliver the standard that we wanted to deliver. So I wanted consistency and I wanted them to, to deliver dynamic for Pilates in the way that we wanted it delivered. So um, I think very clearly we identified that we, we wanted to open an academy. We wanted to train all our staff through it. So every single trainer in our business um, goes through our academy. Even so we have classic Pilates as well. Even they go through our dynamic form of Pilates and the, the, our approach to Pilates. Um, and I think, it's our investment in, you know, our future. We're here. We've been here for twelve years, but I don't think we would have delivered that if we hadn't been able to deliver, you know, education and ongoing education. And I think you see that with physiotherapists. It's very usual for a physio to get um, CPDs, ongoing training. It's not typical, or it certainly wasn't typical when we started, for trainers to have that kind of investment. So we're currently uh, reps accredited. So all our courses are reps accredited. Um, NASM accredit our courses. And we also have been accredited by SimSpa as well. So we really think that's really important in terms of being able to deliver quality for our clients. So obviously in the earlier stages, one of your challenges was education with fitness business um, professionals. But what, um, on a positive note, what are some of the things that you enjoy most about your career? Um, I think the, I mean, the sheer diversity of what we do. Um, I love this sector for people. I mean, we are a people. In essence, we're a people and property business um, I, as you said, I have 160 staff. We have, you know, 40,000 clients. We have nine sites. So it's it's either people or property. And I think that's um, what I've really enjoyed seeing how people develop. So certainly my teams, um, seeing how I've developed, you know, the leadership journey that I've gone on, um, you know, being a CEO, I, I never saw that job description. So, you know, it's, it's, it's how I've had to learn in that role. I think, the camaraderie between the different providers as well and the friendships that we have so I'm particularly you know it I think there's lots of room for lots of different providers and I think if we're all talking and trying to deliver a really great product um, and grow the fitness base or the exercise or even activity base I think that's good for everybody so it's the journey it's the client's um, it's the teams. I think I just I just really enjoy the energy that comes out of working in this kind of wellness and uh, fitness environment. So, how important do you think collaboration is to women's leadership? Um, I actually think it's really important, and I think um, you know, I think one of the things we may touch on later is that you know, women that inspire. And I was I was thinking about that, and I was thinking that. Um, I have good relationships with two of my competitors and they're both women founders and they both started at the same time. So the three of us have come up through the 
explosion in the boutique fitness sector um, in London. And and I'm really proud of that, that we can pick up the phone to each other or, or we meet up for coffee and we go, oh, so what's your operations like at the moment? Or what, what do you think about this? And I think that's been really, really, um, I think it's been really helpful. And it, it, it says a lot for women, I think, that we, we are open to even, you know, our fiercest competitors to actually have a coffee with and wish each other well and help each other, which I mean, is really important. I think that's absolutely fantastic, Joanne, because, you know, you don't see a lot of that um, across a lot of industries. So that's absolutely, you know, th- that's actually like a little golden nugget for women who are listening that, you know, it's okay to be friends with your competitors. Go have coffee with them. Talk about fitness business um, because you each sort of have your own niche and do things differently. So I suppose in a way you're not really competitors. Um, you just need to work more in, in a collaborative manner. Can I ask you um, who are some? Some of the women that do inspire you in the industry so um in the uk it's um joan uh, and pip and they own a company called frame um and they have i think they've got five sites now and they do loads and loads and loads of different classes um so uh, they're, they're great there's jess at hardcore and she started her business um from la so she came from la she set up, um, she does dynamic form polarities um, and spin. So she's got this kind of offering going very, very hardcore functional fitness on the reformer, on the bikes and a bit of yoga as well thrown in. Um, and then you guys probably know um, Emma Barry, who is a, a, a great industry speaker and leader, you know, and a force to be reckoned with and a great champion for women and within the industry and pushing and always pushing the boundaries of, of um, the industry. So I think from a fitness perspective, um, I think certainly from the London scene, uh, the people that I, I kind of, you know, champion as well. Fantastic. So I'm going to ask you um, this question. I know lots of people would love to know the answer, especially the ladies that are listening. You know, for somebody that's considering a startup and they want to focus uh, on the boutique in the wellness industry, what's some of the advice that you would give them before they even go pick a location, say? Well, first off, I think you've got to identify your product. Um, I think, are you satisfying a customer need? You know, are you just copying somebody else because you like the idea of it and you think, oh, I could do that probably a bit better. I think, what need are you you satisfying in your customers? Um, and really research it. Um, ask people. Ask them what they think about your ideas. The other thing is being really truthful and honest with yourself about your skill set. Um, I'm a generalist. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in some respects because I, um, I surround myself with a lot of specialists, a lot of people that are better at their jobs than I am, but I'm, I'm good at the glue. I'm good at getting the ideas, pulling the people together, having the dialogue, and then making stuff happen. And I think it's really understand your own skill set. You might be the creative force in creating a class type, but you don't know how to do the scheduling or you don't worry, want to know about your, your finances or have any issues with your HR compliance and just be really honest and then find the people that can share your vision and feel very comfortable to go, okay, I'm going to let you do the operations because I'm going to share, I'm going to take the vision, but you're going to help me deliver that vision. And we're very respectful of each other's roles. 
Yeah, I think delegation is really, really important. I think, you know, if you can just say, I'm weak at that, you're great at that, and just delegate that to somebody else, I think that actually makes a positive impact on your business because being a role model, people see that you're saying, look, you know, I'm not great at that, I am delegating that, and that encourages other women to do so. I mean, how how can we as a fitness business industry encourage more women to go out and start up their own business? Um. I think it's it's just a lot of networking, a lot of um, going out and speaking to different people. There are so many different ways of funding now to, to, to fund a startup. If you've got a good concept, if you can get two or three people with you that can share the journey, um, people are more inclined to think, okay, there's a bit of a spreading the risk on this. Um, I think it's getting people to um, speak up as well. So, you know, I want to do something. How do I do something? Um, and asking for help. I don't, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, I've been thinking about this, how would you do that? Um, I, I often talk to people who say, oh, I've been, I've been thinking about this, what would you do? Um, and I think, that's, I think that's it. I think just find some people around you, look at, who's, look at what other people are doing and, and really analyze it and go, okay, why do they do that? What impact is that having? Could I do it better? Could I do it differently? Who could help me do that? So I think there's there's lots of appetite at the moment for um, innovation um, and startups. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, I have never seen it like like this um, in London at all. When we started uh, seven, um, 12 years ago, we were kind of odd. But now, you know, some people are kind of, oh, I've got this startup and I'm doing this as well. So it's focus on the one idea and then find the people to support you. Sound, I mean, that's great. That's great. Um, you know, they're great tips to pass on to women leaders. Um, Joanne, just going back on something that you just said, you just said that you've never seen it like this before in London. I mean, for us here in Australia, can you give us a vision of what's going on in London at the moment? What, what's happening in the fitness industry there? So um, it's hugely exciting. And I think there's a couple of things that have collided. Um, so it's almost like this perfect storm. We've been talking, you know, for 12 years about um, prehab and rehab because that's how I started 10, out of the need for sustainable exercise. Um, but that's not been on anybody's agenda. People are now talking about it, talk about sustainable exercise as exercise as med- is, is medicine, um, that um, the the millennials, for want of a better word, are, have really grasped exercise, wellness, um, you know, by the horns. They, they're just, this is, we want to live a, a more considered life rather than, you know, just sitting at our desks all day and just working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. We, we need to bring in some exercise into what we're doing. So the public at large have changed their perception and the the government over here as well and through the NHS is saying is is actively promoting exercise. There's been quite a few campaigns. There's a lot of money coming in from um, America. So SoulCycle finally landed last year or the beginning of this year um, and it's going to open three sites. Equinox is rapidly expanding. Um, so we're going to see some more money coming in. Oh, we've got Peloton as well. So they've come here. So there's kind of a lot of different things colliding. So customers 
appetite and attitude toward exercise and want to kind of find some some kind of activity that will make them feel better. You've got the government saying, we've got to do things differently, otherwise we're going to be a nation of obese people. You know, cardiac diseases and diabetes are the fastest growing uh, illnesses that are affecting our populations. Um, and there's money coming in. And people have seen that boutique is working because when boutique really stole um, ground or market share from the big box gyms, so they've pushed back now. Gonna, we're going to do classes as well. We're going to do this. So everybody's up the ante. The fit outs are costing huge amounts of money. Client expectations gone up. So I think it's it's just a um, a variety of things that have landed at the same time. And fortunately for ten, because we 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 sit in that wellness and fitness arena, we're able to hopefully ride the t- ride the tide. I mean, it's so exciting when I when I listen to you know you've got Soul Cycle coming there or landed there. You've got Equinox. Um, you know you've got F forty five there. You've got all of your your ten studios. I mean, it's absolutely I- incredible. And you know when you said you know you've got a lot of uh, money coming into to the UK, that sort of leads me to the last question. I mean, you guys secured like some serious growth capital uh, last year. So where do you see yourself um, in the next five years? What What is 10 Health and Fitness going to be doing in the next five years? So our mission is more tenderness to more people in more places. Um, so it's a growth strategy. Um, so we'll be doubling out the size of our studios, um, delivering in more projects. So looking at um, how we can support women's health. So everything from, you know, a lot of the issues that we hear about are the millennials are, and this is this is just a generalization, so don't, you know, don't hold me to it. But the a lot of millennials are over-exercising, restricting food, and then having concerns about fertility at one end. And at the other end, uh, menopause is something that still isn't talked about for older women. And so through our clinical business, there's... Um, there's some work that I really want to sort of grab hold of around women's health and women's health issues. So that's something we'll be doing. Um, we're looking at more online and developing our education business um, and just doing more of what we do. I mean, women's health is starting to get a lot of traction here in Australia, Joanne, especially, you know, on a couple of those subjects that you just spoke about, definitely menopause, which we're sort of seeing um, in a place now where it's okay to publicly talk about menopause and fitness being, you know, one one topic. We're seeing, as you said, you know, a lot of the, the younger generation, they are exercising too much. They are restricting um, the calorie intake. And unfortunately, we are seeing it a lot of them having fertility problems. So it's quite, um, when, you know, when you look at it, you know, five to eight years ago, it was all about, you know, these fast and vigorous workouts. And it's almost yeah. like those those people that were attending those workouts are now seeking ways to repair their body through, you know, rehabilitation, better nutrition plans. Um, they are having to go off and speak to people, medical specialists about, you know, about fertility. And then you've got the baby boomers, the women going through menopause. So these are definitely areas that I think are going to have significant growth in the boutique structure. And it's absolutely fantastic to hear you openly talking about it. I would actually love 
love to see Joanne, um, you know, come to the aging, healthy aging summit next year that we're running in Brisbane because we're going to be touching on a lot of those topics and it would be great to hear your feedback. So please do look out for the healthy aging summit. I would, I'd love to be there because, um, you know, being a woman of a certain age myself and having grown up with my client base, I think, um, and experiencing, I mean, a lot of things that we talk about is, you know, a woman hitting, you know, hitting 50, she um, typically doing at the height of her career or very, you know, heading towards the very top of her career. Um, if, if you've got kids, you're, you just watch your kids leave home, you've got elderly parents, and then you get menopause. And it's like, you know, how do we deal with this? How do we, how do we make it not such a hidden subject? Because you know, it, it does impact on people's mental wellness. And I think the it's really good. I mean, I, I talk to our trainers about it because they, they do they have women with slightly older base um than so your typical boutique fitness. So we do have clients that are going through menopause and you know, I'm talking to trainers go, well you should talk about it and it and it's great to see some of our young male trainers getting their heads around it and going, Okay, I get it. I'll talk about it. Yeah. So I I think it's it can't be embarrassing. It shouldn't be embarrassing. It's it's a it's actually considered a chronic condition, but no, you know, people don't know what to do or where to go for information or how to exercise for it. So you put on weight, so you think I'm going to go and do a hit class, but actually, it's the worst thing you can do if you're going through the menopause. Yeah, so, lots. I'd love to come. Oh, that would be fantastic. I mean, we could learn so much from you and obviously, you know, vice versa. I think, you know, one of the messages that I would like to see the fitness industry portray is that going through menopause is not a negative thing, it's positive. And that, you know, there's a lot of positive things that can come from that. I think that we as an industry, and I, I do blame the media sometimes, we portray, you know, menopause and mental health as being a negative thing. And we need to go out there um, in a more public way um, and, and create more positivity around, okay, these things are happening, but look at the look at the benefits now and look what you're able to do and look what we're able to offer you. I mean, this conversation can go on for hours on this on this topic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, and I think in, a, in our own small way, um, we're great advocates of being very open and transparent with our clients and let's talk about it. And, you know, clients come to us to do their exercise or activity, but we can often be found sitting on the couch having a chat. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's as important in any boutique place. It's, it's not the comfort community. They come because people are in, interested in care. And I think that goes you know, hand in hand with delivering a great class. Yeah, I think collaboration and conversation is a way for the women leaders of the future. You know, Joanne, as I said, we could talk, you know, much longer on the topic, um, but obviously, you know, you need to get on with your day and so do I. So we're actually going to wind up our Women's Leaders Fitness Business podcast there. But Joanne's been very gracious. Uh, she's just going to give you all her details now if you'd like to reach out to her for some more information. She's got an incredible story. She's got an amazing business and as I said, very fortunate to get some growth capital uh, investment last year to grow the 10 health and fitness business. Joanne, where can our listeners get in touch with you? So just email me. It's joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E at 10ten.co.uk or check out the website um, and there's an, uh, 
you can just um, email from there as well. Absolutely fantastic. Joanne, thank you for your time today. I'll drop Joanne's details into the bottom of our podcast. I do thank our, thank our sponsors again, FitRec Fitness Registration, uh, empowering female fitness business professionals through support, service and education. Have an absolutely fantastic day, Joanne. Thank you very much.